Explicaciones a ti. Yo no te debo, chico. Yo hago con mi cuerpo lo que me dé la gana y tus prejuicios me los paso por la raja, pan. Latinas en Quarantine are back con el episodio número 11 en el día de hoy, trayéndole un tema un poquitico polémico, que es el tema de Latinx, el uso de la palabra Latinx eh, para identificar a los latinos y latinas de nuestra comunidad, de la polémica que se ha creado alrededor de, de este tema y del uso de esta palabra. So today we're going to talk about the word Latinx. And how it's become a little bit of a debate. Uh, I think we've been in a lot of friend circles lately and I've been reading little things online and stuff that is speaking to whether or not Latinx should be a word that we're using to describe our community. People have a lot of opinions about it, if they're even in the know, because some people have still never heard of the word. Exactly. So it's kind of interesting about that is me and Maya even had this debate when we started this podcast. We started, obviously, we knew that we wanted to speak to themes that had to do with our community. And for me, Latinx is a word that I've been using for a while. So every time I would say something, I would say Latinx, Latinx, Latinx. Sometimes I still slip into saying like Latino, Latina, but for the most part, I've gotten used to saying Latinx. And then when she would say something, she would not. So we had to kind of pause and stop and talk about, like, okay, are we going to be on the same page about this or not? Right? Sí, exactamente. Yo decidí que eh, cada cual con lo suyo. Si tú llevas usando esa palabra por mucho tiempo, palabra que en la cual no uso yo en mi vocabulario, no porque tenga nada en contra de eso, sino porque simplemente no está en mi vocabulario, no es mi hábito usarla. Y entonces decidimos yo usar la palabra cuando me acuerdo y cuando no, pues uso la palabra latino, latina para referirme a la comunidad. Y, y tú no, tú, tú dijiste, no, si yo si la voy a usar, yo me voy a mantener usándole, qué sé yo. Entonces, usualmente aquí en el podcast ella usa la palabra latinx y yo latino, latina, o algunas veces, si me acuerdo de usar latinx, lo uso. Ahora, la resistencia mía a la hora de usar latinx, cuando, pues, sobre todo cuando estoy hablando español, no viene, so, no viene por lo que esta palabra encierra. Es decir, yo no tengo nada en contra del de objetivo de lo que es traer a esta palabra a nuestro vocabulario. And I'm just going to pause really quick. So Latinx is a word that it came out around 2000, maybe 2010, 2011, something like that, is when I kind of started hearing about it but not so much and then it really isn't for me at least in until the last few years that I've heard it used a lot more frequently and have adopted it myself so basically because the Spanish language to begin with is so gendered I think there have been a lot of conversations about how do we change that first I think starting from 
the cis woman sort of perspective where it's like, okay, why are we always referred to as Latinos when there's women here too? And it kind of is reinforcing that patriarchy and a lot of sort of tension around how come if there's a group of people where Latinos, it's not Latinos and Latinas or Latinas, right? Why can't Latinas be the word? That describes everybody. Why does it have to be like the cis man sort of masculine perspective? And then going even past that, taking into consideration that there are not just cis people in the world. There are many, many people that are gender fluid, gender queer, non-binary. And if we're talking about a word that's supposed to speak about everybody in our community, then why is it that? they're also not being taken into consideration. So Latinos or Latinas, even if you wanted to be a little more progressive and say that, still is discounting all the people that don't neatly fit into one or the other or that just outright reject one or the other. So Latinx is a word used when you're talking about a big group of people or a group of people where you just don't know how they identify, right? So it's to encompass all the genders that you can have if you're a part of our community. So if you haven't heard that next, that's why it's being used. It's so that Latino is not just the way that everybody's referred to. And also so that you're consciously making a point. Again, this is if you don't know people's genders, when you're talking about individuals, right? Like I would be Latina. I'm not genderqueer in any way. I'm a cis woman. I feel totally comfortable with Latina. It wouldn't make sense to call me a, a Latinx woman because I'm a Latina. But that would only be if you knew. If I didn't disclose that, then maybe a Latinx person would be appropriate because you don't know yet. I haven't disclosed. Exactamente. Después de este paréntesis, por lo que me quedé, fue um, que yo no tengo nada en contra del concepto detrás de esta idea de usar esta palabra para describir personas de nuestra comunidad. Yo no tengo nada en contra de ese concepto, yo no tengo nada en contra de esa causa y de ese objetivo. Al contrario, creo que es muy importante porque haciendo cambios así, aunque son cambios pequeños, podemos ayudar a cambiar la forma de pensar de la gente en lo que a inclusividad se trata. Pero el problema mío con este concepto viene con la gramática en español. El idioma español es un idioma muy rico, muy bonito, pero es un idioma en el cual el género está completamente ligado al idioma. Por ejemplo, si decimos la casa bonita, casa no tiene género, es un objeto, pero ya el artículo la y el adjetivo eh, bonita ya le da un tono femenino a la forma en la que estamos describiendo a la casa. O si decimos las familias latinas, es lo mismo. No estamos hablando de familias femeninas solamente o masculinas. Estamos hablando ya de familias en plural, en un grupo de familias. Entonces, el usar el las y latinas y familias le da al concepto, a la oración como, como tal, a la idea, una, un género femenino. Entonces, en el, en el español es muy difícil desarraigarse de eso. Y si lo tratas de hacer, lo puedes hacer perfectamente, pero cambia el sentir, la textura, incluso la forma en la que se oye eh, el idioma, el, el sentido. Dentro de lo que yo creo, 
si vas a decir Latinx y solamente lo vas a usar para eso, para identificar a personas latinas o latinos, ok, perfecto. Pero ¿qué sucede ya cuando queremos llevar el concepto de lo que Latinx es a otras cosas, a otros aspectos del idioma como tal? Como por ejemplo, nosotros vemos una serie en la que se habla de, de la inclusión. En este serial que nosotros vemos, los protagonistas tienen un negocio de un club de trans people, de drag queens, eh, hay personas gay también. Es una serie muy queer, una serie mexicana muy queer, en la que cuando hablan español y se refieren a personas, like un grupo de personas, lo usan la palabra les. Y eso está perfecto, porque vuelvo y repito, el concepto detrás de esto es muy bello y crea cambios a la hora de pensar, a la hora de expresarnos. Pero cuando quieres aplicárselo a otras cosas, como por ejemplo, tú puedes decir les niñes, ok, perfecto, pero si tú quieres describir como tal a un solo niño, ¿qué haces? O a una sola niña. O en el caso de que sea... Eh, Quieres describir un grupo de tres niñas, por ejemplo, y las tres son niñas, pero tú no sabes si en realidad son niñas porque puede que cuando crezcan no lo no sean. Entonces, no se sabe todavía si se puede usar de esa manera o no hay como, no hay como una cosa o no hay como un límite ¿no? que diga este concepto solamente se va a usar para Latinx people. O este concepto se va a usar para identificar a todas las personas que estén en un grupo. Porque, por ejemplo, este sería que nosotros vemos es en México. En México tú no tienes que decirle a nadie que tú eres latino o latina. Se supone que eres de allí, eres, eres, vives allí. Mm. Es como, no es como aquí, que el latino y latino se usa para identificar a una parte de la sociedad americana. Mm. Porque hay muchas personas de muchos lugares. Sin embargo, ellos usan, no usan el latinx, pero usan el les o niñez, o para identificar otras. Well, they did actually in that series, so I think uh, we had an aha moment because part of the, the problem also that Maya was bringing up was that, like, what are you going to say in Spanish? Like, Latinx? Like, it's not, Exacto. it doesn't work, right? And I was just like, well, just Latinx. Like, who cares? It's just that word. It doesn't have to have a perfect... Spanish translation, but then in watching this show, we actually heard them say, and they, they said Latines, right? And not the plural would be Latine. No, pero en, en la serie, ellos no usaron la palabra Latinex. They did. La, no, era nosotres. Nosotres. Era nosotres. Ellos no estaban, ¿te acuerdas cuando estaban en un riot? Oh, yeah, yeah, era yeah. nosotres. No era latinex? No, no era latinex, era nosotres. Que nosotros quedamos oh, like, maybe oh, mira, nosotres, nosotres. Yeah, yeah. Exacto. Okay, but I think the issue that you're bringing up actually speaks to why subtle changes like latinex or latinex should happen. Because... Again, we're going back to this world where we have so much privilege as cisgendered people. The assumption is that most of the world, the majority, is this. And therefore, to change the way that we speak just so that you feel included is too much work. It's just too hard. And that's happening not just in Spanish, but English too. You know, when we're talking about pronouns like they or Z or like the 15 other pronouns that I've heard that genderqueer people use to refer to themselves, 
that's hard too. I know the first time that I started dating someone who used they as a pronoun, it was really hard for me to make the switch. Not because I didn't understand, but because I was so used to saying she, 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 or he, 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 that it didn't fit comfortably in my mouth. So there were so many times that I would slip up and there was no malintention in that. It wasn't because I didn't respect them. It's because I wasn't used to saying it. It wasn't a way that I grew up speaking. But just like everything else, you adapt and you change. And eventually it is a way that you sort of learn to speak. And now it comes very, very easily to me. It's not hard for me to say they if a person identifies as that. Just like it's not hard for me to say she or he, it's become a part of my vocabulary because I've sort of had to step back and understand that the world that I've been living in, first of all, is really, really colored by the privilege that I have as a cis person. And secondly, the way that I was speaking wasn't a way that included some of the people that I've loved the most and a lot of people that are now in my community. So It's not that anything's easy. It's not easy in English either. But with practice, you things change. And then they become second nature, just like anything that in the beginning was hard for you. And I think that the reason that words like Latinx, Latinx, stuff like that are so important is not because it's an easy sort of word to adapt. And it's just, you know, that's it. Oh, it's in my head and... That's how it's going to be. But it's because it sort of disrupts this thinking of it's one or the other. Or like that one or the other is more important than everybody. And that pertains to pronouns as well. So would it be a hard thing? Yeah, of course. It's hard. It's hard when you've been speaking your whole life one way. And you know one thing to be correct, really with any idea that you have. If, if you have a way of thinking and you believe that that's the truth, when that gets disrupted, it's hard to change. Even if you believe it, even if you accept it, even if you're like, oh, that makes sense to me. That's just not the way that you're used to speaking or thinking. So it does take a lot of discomfort and a lot of extra effort that otherwise you wouldn't have to make. But I think that if you really understand why those adjustments are important and necessary it's not that big a deal and so what you were saying about like okay so even taken out of the latinas context and just speaking about gender in general right if you're just talking about people but you don't want to assume that it's three little girls because you don't actually know that in that moment i don't think that it's a bad thing to really put it into your own head that, yes, we shouldn't be assuming these things. Because that's, that's the big problem with cis culture or any dominant culture is that we make so many assumptions based on what we're seeing. We make so many assumptions every day. And those assumptions are often wrong. And they're really hurtful because based on those assumptions, we have schemas and all of these realms of society that are sculpted in a way to support those assumptions and to negate anything that falls out of those assumptions. So we shouldn't be at the point where we can see a child and we assume we know their gender based on what they look like. That should not be how society is, but it is. 
So I think that it would be hard, but it would be a beautiful and more importantly than beautiful, like a super, super important, like, yes, let's really get us back on the right track step for humanity to make an effort to really change little things like language that we know ends up meaning so much so that that kind of thinking gets disrupted. And we understand just because you see somebody doesn't mean that you know what they are. Even if they're dressed in a feminine way, even if, I don't know, you have like pigtails and a dress and a little purse and a Barbie, not to assume that, okay, of course, that's a girl and una niña. But we have that. And I think that's part of the reason so many people have like identity issues and crises when it comes to the gender or, you know, what does that make me? Does that mean I'm a tomboy? Am I really a boy like in a girl's body? Or am I like, these are all things that become problematic because you have people from the beginning telling you that you're something that may not actually fit. That's when the, the identity crisis comes in. If it doesn't fit, we could avoid that if we just didn't make assumptions to begin with. If we just had a society where you waited for somebody to tell you before you made those decisions. And I know me and you have even had conversations about that. Like if we had kids, would we want to disclose the quote unquote sex of the baby to our family and society? Like it would be hard, but it would be really nice to try to not disclose that. And to treat them just as neutrally as possible until they were old enough to speak for themselves and give us an idea of what actually fits them. It's for that reason, though. It's like, because you don't know. You, you don't know based on what you see. You don't know until a person tells you that. But we're just in this, this world where you believe that you do know. And then when someone tells you differently, it's like a problem or something's wrong with them. Mm-hmm. Because that doesn't fit with what you assumed. Mm-hmm. It's it's about, I think, getting to a point where if we do little language changes and like that, you're forced to actively always understand I can't just assume that I'm right based on what I'm seeing and what I think because the world isn't actually like that. Eso es lo que yo pienso. Yo pienso que el concepto es importante en ese sentido. Pero el problema es ese, que en, por lo menos en inglés no sé, pero en español... No son little changes. Y eso es por eso creo también que ha creado tanta resistencia en lo que es la comunidad latina en usarlo. Porque no son little changes. Tú estás cambiándole, prácticamente estás cambiando un idioma completo. Separar la forma en la que lo, las personas de habla hispana relacionamos nuestra forma de hablar con el género. Es, está totalmente engranado. Y a estas alturas, cambiar eso, right Sería cambiar el diccionario de la lengua española. Punto. Well, only when Porque, it comes to people, though. La agua can be la agua. It doesn't matter because it's an inanimate object. You don't have to change, you know, like la silla. It doesn't matter. Bueno, pero vivimos en una sociedad en la que estamos completamente expuestos a otras personas. So, tú puedes usar eso, los, los sustantivos, los adjetivos, los adverbios, los, los, los artículos para, obje, para objetos completamente. Pero cuando estamos teniendo actual conversations, you're talking to people. 
Cuando tú estás teniendo una conversación, tú no estás hablando solo, a no ser que estés loco. Estás hablando con una mujer o con un hombre o con una persona transgénero. El caso es que estás hablando con seres humanos. Exactly. And the ¿Entiendes? changes would only be specific to when you're calling out people and their gender. Exactamente. That's it. So it's pero only eso, a very specific está bien, pero aún así, pero aún así es difícil. Aún así es difícil. ¿Por qué? Vamos a suponer, como te dije, hay un grupo de cuatro o cinco niñas. ¿Cómo tú vas a decir, las niñas están jugando? O las niñas. Les ni Ajá, las niñas están jugando. O las niñas están bonitas. Estás cambiando. Porque en español no es solamente el sustantivo lo que cambia. Uh -huh. No solamente es el niñes lo que cambia. Cambia el artículo también. No es como en inglés. En inglés, da es gender, eh, ¿cómo decimos? Neutral. Uh -huh. Los artículos en, en inglés son neutrales. No significan sexo o género ninguno. De. Uh -huh. Pero en español, la o el o los o las. Tienen género los artículos. Me. Vamos a suponer que no quieres usar los artículos para quitarte eso de arriba. Uh -huh. Niñas bonitas. Pero entonces ya el adjetivo también tiene género. Well, I think that's an interesting point. Es muy engorroso no, en español. I mean, I guess there's two alternatives on that. It's yes. Oh, you should. Then that means thing? when you're talking about people or specifically you're trying to gender human beings, mm -hmm. that the adjective you're also gendering. Or the other possibility is that we also get out of that framework of thinking that if you say bonita you're automatically talking about a girl. Puede ser un, un niño bonita también. No. I know it sounds weird, but like okay, vamos taking a suponer, away vamos the, a suponer que sea un grupo de, the meaning. Okay, vamos a suponer que sea un grupo de tres niños. Lo mismo. Mm -hmm. Los niños son bonitos. Los niños bonitos. Mm -hmm. Tú vas a decir, les niñes bonites. Okay, es lo mismo. Para la hembra como para los varones suena igual. Mm -hmm. ¿Entiendes? Y no tiene nada que ver con el sexo. Pero en español como tal, suena como otra lengua, ¿entiendes? Estás transformando el sentido de un idioma completo, de una lengua completa. Que sí, a lo mejor se usa solamente para seres humanos, pero con los seres humanos es con los que interactuamos. ¿Qué le importa a una silla si yo digo una o uno? A una silla no le importa si tú le llames una silla o uno silla. Uh -huh. Porque una silla no es nada, es un objeto. Eso okay. tú le puedes por mañana, tú dices, mira, esto ya no es una silla, más es una cuchara. Y una silla no te puede decir, yo no soy una cuchara, yo soy una silla, llámame silla, yo no soy cuchara. ¿Entiendes? Los objetos dan igual, porque son objetos no tienen vida. Es precisamente a la hora de interactuar con seres humanos, que tú dices, no, it's only that little part, pero es que that's the biggest part. So maybe to use the word little is not fair, because it's a significant chunk, but it's not everything. No, it's not it's everything. It's still only referring to people, and I think it still goes back to, okay, And sí, so amor. if it has to be done, it has está to bien. be done. Pero yo no estoy diciendo, yo no, el problema es ese, yo no estoy diciendo lo que es el concepto, el concepto está bello. Yo no quiero que el mundo esté jodido como está, ni tan condicionado como está. Pero desgraciadamente, en el caso mío, que yo soy de habla hispana, a lo mejor si, si, si este concepto lo queremos llevar a otras lenguas, no tiene ningún problema, pero lo que es el español como tal, es muy engorroso, es muy difícil, va a ser muy difícil que este concepto se logre llevar a cabo a 100%. Para la comunidad hispanex, right? va a ser difícil insertar esta nueva forma de pensar. 
solamente por el hecho oh, de que absolutely. va a ser muy, solamente por el hecho de lo engorroso que es a la hora de hablar. Es como, por ejemplo... It's okay, though, because it was a mistake to begin with. It's not okay. You know why? Because si es una cosa, si es un cambio, los cambios hay que hacerlos poco a poco, mm -hmm. hasta que se conviertan en una cosa radical. Yeah. Pero un cambio que no va a ser aceptado, por lo difícil que es cambiarlo, es como, no, ya la parte esa de que los cambios vienen poco a poco, ya sé, en este, en este tipo de cambio por lo menos en la lengua española, es radical. Porque cambia el sentido de la lengua española como tal. Es una cosa radical. Y ahí es donde está el problema. I hear you, but that's okay, right? It starts from people making those adjustments. Because listen, what you learned, first of all, language is always changing, right? Because of the large amount of bilingual speakers, just looking at English and Spanish speakers, think of how many words that are Spanish words have now been mixed with English that are now legitimate words that people recognize. Even in the dictionary. There's still a whole bunch that the dictionary doesn't recognize. And I think Latinx is actually in the dictionary now. But how many words are in the dictionary now that 50, 100 years ago didn't exist just because of the way that language is evolving? So if people, and I do completely understand and agree that it would be a huge overhaul and that a lot of people would especially at first be really resistant. I think one, starting with just the idea in principle, I don't think that many people care. But then assume that everybody does care and is like, yes, it's a good idea. That's not the problem. The actual problem is that it's hard, right? With generations, things die out. So for example, if we got to the point where that's language that we were adopting and we have kids, And now that's how we're showing them. And even if they're still learning something in school, mm -hmm. we're saying, okay, but this is the reason why we speak like that. Mm -hmm. And they adapt that. And then when they have children, they're showing that to their children. Mm -hmm. Eventually, it's going to die out just like other things aren't said anymore because it's not common language anymore. And of mm -hmm. course, I'm just talking about one family unit that's too small to make like a huge impact. But I'm saying if more people got on board, And eventually, there was an actual concerted effort to start using language that is gender neutral. Think of the impact of that, and not only the impact on society and the way that we think and the way that we're able to grow and the discrimination being lessened, but also it would completely evolve a language in 50, 100, 150 years. Maybe all the people that used to live like that aren't alive anymore. And if there's a lot of people now using this language, then now this becomes the new way that you speak. Eso Or maybe I'm oversimplifying, you know, maybe it's 200 years. But you know what I'm saying? Like, Eso it has to start somewhere. Yo. Eso es lo que estoy diciendo yo. Que it has to start somewhere. But it's such a radical change that it's going to be very difficult para la gente adoptarlo. ¿Entiendes? Porque los cambios para que comiencen tienen que comenzar subtle. Yeah. Right? No pueden ser like, y en español... El tener género neutral es un cambio radical. Cambia la lengua española. Like, así, como yo le enseño, no sé, a mi abuela, que, que ya no es la, ni, ni, ni lo. But I don't know that it's about, especially if we're talking about older generations, right? I don't even think at that point, and this, of course, is just my opinion, but that it's so much about changing the way that they speak, more about having them understand Why? So that when you're speaking a certain way, even if they're not going to hop on board and start 
speaking that way. Better they're at least not confused. Mm-hmm. They understand the reasoning behind it. And they're like, okay, they can at least keep up with the conversation. And I think even the same for parents. Maybe parents I have a little less, slight, slightly less grace for, but it's the same kind of thing where it's like, I don't even know that it's about trying to completely transform the way that older generations are speaking. I think the bridge there is at least having them understand why. Really, really taking the time to explain. I know that you're used to things being this or that, but actually there's this world, right? Which they've been exposed to on some level, at least, whether they accept it or not. And just sort of reinforcing that and getting them used to hearing certain things so that as they hear it, it's not confusing. It's not, you know, it may not be something that they adopt, but at least they understand. For me, it would suffice. It doesn't have to be Latinx either or Latinx. Like, it can be any word because people even have issues around identifying as Latino or Latina. I know I hate the word Hispanic. A lot of my family uses it. Like, there are different ways that even, even just here in the United States, people identify differently and do use certain words and don't use certain words for different reasons. It's not necessarily that that has to be the word that's the best word, but the, the intention of taking that gendered stuff out, I think is still really important. And even if it was just le niñez, right? And for now, to begin with, we left the adjective as it, because even in English, I'm thinking English, like handsome. You almost never hear a cis woman or a perceived woman described as handsome. That's a a word for men. Girls are beautiful. They're pretty. Mm-hmm. They're not handsome. Men are handsome. But like even turning that on it, I like why can't a woman be handsome and why can't a boy be pretty? Even though it doesn't have the the a or the i or the o at the end, mm-hmm. it's still gendered. Mm-hmm. It's still adjectives that are gendered. Sí. Why though? Like we don't. Who cares? Problem, pero ese, so the little el, girl's handsome. E. Sí. Like get used to that. Pero en el caso de ustedes es más fácil porque son palabras como tal. En el caso de nosotros no es cambiar una palabra o agregar o quitar palabras del diccionario, sino es la forma en la que se habla en el español I, está I completamente engranado con los géneros. Incluso, por ejemplo, I, niñez. I niñez es como decir childhood. En, 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 mm, en, niñez, sí. La niñez, ¿verdad? Cuando tú dices la niñez, estás hablando de la, le estás poniendo un la adelante a una palabra que es neutral, que en realidad no habla ni de niña ni de niño, sino mm. la niñez. Si yeah, but that de... would still be different, right? Because then you're just talking about childhood. Mm-hmm. You're not talking about... You're just talking about childhood. Exacto. And that pero doesn't lo que te have it. Decir... So la niñez would actually be fine. Sí, that's fine. Pero lo que te quiero decir es que como en el idioma español, incluso las cosas que son neutrales, siempre llevan un la o un lo o un el o un ella. Delante. Siempre una A o una... Porque es la forma en la que hablamos. Mm-hmm. Yo, estaba, uh, yo tenía antes un jefe que era de, Alba, de Albania. Y él me decía que una de las cosas más difíciles de cuando tú estás aprendiendo a venir es que dependiendo de si tú hablas en present, past o future, del género, de lo que estás diciendo, cambia. Es una cosa rarísima. Entonces, cada lengua, cada idioma, cada, tiene una manera de lidiar con los géneros que no necesariamente quieren decir que sea femenino o masculino, sino es la forma en la que el idioma está conformado. Y querer cambiar eso es cambiar el idioma. Y es lo que, por lo menos yo, ese I es el concern you. que tengo. Con well, I hear you, but I, I think I completely hear you. And I'm also saying that 
although I understand that that's a big undertaking, I don't think that that's wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, I actually think that I'm that would saying, be a really good thing. I'm not saying that it's wrong. All I'm saying... To remove gendered elements out of any language, no, I think. No, I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm not saying that it's wrong. Incluso cuando tú estabas explicando de que uno dice los latinos, ¿por qué tienen que ser los latinos? Si hay mujeres también incluidas ahí, right? Pero el problema es que es engorroso. Entonces, le cuesta más trabajo a las personas dentro de esa comunidad to embrace ese cambio. No, Eso es lo course. que estoy diciendo. Yeah. But ¿Entiendes? it's always going to be like that. And it wouldn't be so hard if that's the way that we were teaching to begin with. A newborn is born. They're learning Spanish. That's the language that they learn. They're learning it completely neutrally. They don't have any language ability. Like, they have nothing. They, they speak in, from their minds and Google Gaga, right? Like, they don't... Mm -hmm. So if they're learning... In a non-gendered way, then that's just the way they're going to learn to speak. There's no issue because that's how they learn. The issue is that there's so many people that have learned differently to change that. And I don't think that it's, you know, a matter of 10, 15 years that things would change. But I think if people could be open to that and start by themselves to, to switch the way that they speak You know, it also catches and people are more familiar with it. And then there's people that are more open to it. And I think ultimately the objective is a lot more important than the work en un that mundo it ideal, en, el mundo, en un mundo ideal, Or eso the, sucedería mañana mismo. Vamos a empezar a cambiar la forma en la que... Which Pero este mundo, work, yeah. exacto, este mundo no es ideal para nada. Está muy lejos de eso. Y encima de eso también el concepto como tal. Está falto, como decir, de estructura. En el, en el hecho de que no hay una cosa que diga, esto lo vamos a usar para esto. Esto lo vamos a usar solamente con los pronouns. No le vamos a aplicar esto a los artículos. No, a falta estructura en lo que se trata, de, por lo menos en el español. Por lo menos en español. Acuérdate, también esto fue un concepto que se creó aquí en Estados Unidos, bajo la lengua inglesa, right? Y ahora lo están adoptando, gracias a Dios, en otras culturas, como la serie esa mexicana que vimos. Perfecto. Pero, por lo menos lo que es el español se trata. Hay falta de estructura en el sentido de que a qué o con qué lo vamos a aplicar. Se lo vamos a aplicar a todo lo que estamos hablando, o se lo vamos a aplicar a solamente a personas, o se lo vamos a aplicar solamente al sustantivo, o se lo vamos a aplicar también a los adjetivos y también a los artículos. Esa falta, hay una falta de estructura que no deja eh, todavía definir cómo se va a usar esto. Se sabe lo que hay, se sabe cuál es el objetivo detrás de ese concepto, que es un objetivo bello. Es bello, la causa. Por la I, cual se está, even eh, that, like I, I have described it as beautiful, but I even hate that because then I think that takes importance away. It's not even just beautiful. It's necessary. It's necessary because there's so many people that are being excluded. And the consequences of that are like suicides. The consequences are people being beat up. The consequences are people being murdered. A whole lifetime of feeling like something's wrong with you or like it's you against the world or it's you and your small family, your community against the world. It's not just something that's pretty. It's something that's necessary. Hard, sure, but necessary. 
everything starts with words and the way that we see. And if we force ourselves to come from a lens where we stop seeing things as gendered, not inanimate objects, I don't care about that, but people as gendered in a particular way, do you know how many other systems are forced to fucking break that are abusive and terrible and dangerous? You know, I've run into this problem where old school dykes really, really have an issue with genderqueer people. I mean, they feel so offended when somebody identifies as gender fluid or genderqueer because they're like, do you know how hard I fucking work to be able to wear the title of dyke proudly, to be accepted in society, to be able to get a job? Do you know how hard I had to fight to be able to call myself a dyke with dignity? I work so fucking hard for that. How dare you not be proud of being a dyke, which is how they actually see people. I work so hard. I sacrificed so much of my own life so that it could be better for you. And now you're rejecting it and you're saying you're something else. Like, it's very pain. I've been a part of so many of those conversations. Like, I hear you. But what you're not understanding is like, that didn't fit. It didn't fit. So why would you be upset? Because people are finding language that's a better fit for who they are. And maybe that in 20 or 30 years won't even be the case. And it'll be something different. But the closer we are to really being able to be seen as we truly are, like the better off we are. And so it's a little bit different. But it, I've heard it with Latina too a little bit where people are like, no, Latinas, 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 Latinas. There's this fight, I think, always in struggle, especially when it comes to people being like, no, I've worked hard for this thing to happen. And that's great. And maybe that's what you needed to do for you to be better. And yeah, for the people that came after you to be better. But because you did that, now they can be even better than you were. And I know that people also have their connections to Spanish as, you know, this language, it's my language, it's beautiful, it's whatever. But like, who cares? It's not, it's not the best. That's not the best version of the language because it's really exclusionary. And in that exclusions, there's been real consequences for a lot of people. So it's going to be hard. Ultimately, it will be better, in my opinion. But I really, really feel like that. And not just about this, again, about so many things where people are like, no, but... And it's like, well, why do you want to hang on to something that's not good for everybody? If it worked for you, great. It worked for you. But now you see that it's hurting other people. So what's the resistance to holding on to it? This is... It's a conversation that's just happening among a lot of people. And we just wanted to kind of... I thought actually that we would be, be able to speak about a lot of other things. But, you know, it just goes to show even just in this word and this little tiny micro part of the conversation, how, how much there is to it. So thanks for listening as always. If you want to hit us up and tell us how you're feeling. Latinas. Underscore E-N Underscore No, vamos a tener que cambiar el título programa Latinx in Quarantine. No. Unless I start to feel differently or you tell me you feel differently, we're Latinas. In quarantine. <laughs> in quarantine. Unless we want to just adopt that too. Quarantine does sound better. I felt like it sounds better to begin with, but it was quarantine. Bye. Bye. <laughs>